Thanks for joining us today to hear our latest Hope Central podcast. We trust this message will help you know more about Jesus and inspire you to be more like Him. see them grow. I got a 16-year-old and an almost 14-year-old now. Where did the time go? Glenn is shaking his head. His kid, he's got grandkids now. <laughs> time flies when you're having fun. So this, this month, we're talking about staying, being salty or staying salt. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about that you can lose your saltiness, and it talks about what happens with that <laughs> if you lose your saltiness. So it's not good. So stay salty. Salt, I guess, flavors things. You know, whatever you put a salt on, it just tastes saltier. If you put on beef, it doesn't taste beefier, it tastes saltier, which is amazing and preserves also. So it's very important that we are the salt and the light of the world. We are shining the light and we are flavoring the world with Jesus in us and his love in our hearts, his presence. Whatever we go, Jesus goes with us and we bring that and hopefully we're impacting and, and people's lives. This morning as we were worshiping, I just saw you know, a whole group of people just worshiping God and in His presence and just really enjoying His presence and experiencing His presence. But there were, then I saw some people who are just walking in these clouds over them, just this like a heavy clouds and they kind of come there, they know they're Christians, they know that Jesus is in their lives, but there's kind of, there's no breakthrough. They just kind of feel sad and don't experience in God's presence. Um, but I just felt the sense of God saying just a, to experience a breakthrough, you need to dig deep. You need to maybe repent of sins or maybe whatever. You just gotta work out with God, but don't walk like that. Don't live like that. Because there is so much more because God wants to fill you, he wants to refresh you, he wants to pour out his spirit upon you, and he wants you to experience that amazing love and grace and God's presence. So don't be robbed off by the enemy, by his schemes and his lies. Just come, come Tuesday night. If you're feeling like that, come Tuesday night. We'll pray with you. We'll stand with you. We will just pray for a miraculous breakthrough, whatever that needs to happen in your life. So uh, don't, don't live like that, please. It's... There's so much more that God wants to give you, wants to show you, and wants to do through you. Well, this morning they invited me to say that you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it, that's it. That's my message. You can't do it. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it in your own strength. No matter how hard you try, how much do you, how hard you work, you just can't do it. You can't do it what God has asked of you to do. You can't live Christian life in your own strength and understanding. That's why people get burnt out. That's why there's so much religion. That's much, there's so much disconnect, discontent and frustration because people try to live for God in their own strength and it just doesn't work and you can't do it. 
You can't do it. How many of you have got these amazing testimonies of God's provision and breakthrough, God's coming through in your life? I got so many stories. When you think this is impossible, how can this be? And then God just makes it out of the impossible possible. And then your faith grows. You think this is amazing. Our God is amazing. You know, sometimes we give up on that journey. We're almost at the brink of breakthrough. And then we give up. But God is like, no, no, come. I want to show you more. There is so much more. But we can't do it. I remember a few years ago, um, we were in a transition in our lives. We were leaving a previous church and took us a long time to leave and we were a little bit um, disheartened and we decided look you know let's have a break (laughs) let's have a break from ministry from what we were doing we were involved quite a lot in the church and let's just live a little bit for ourselves (laughs) just have a time out a bit of a break and so uh, we sold the house and we had a lot of money in the bank and we decided we buy a caravan and we'll just go travel around a bit I mean what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that it's, it's nice, you know, spending time with family. And, um, and my wife was working at the school. Uh, she had a good job and I was working with my business. I'm a, got a building carpentry and renovation and stuff like that. And then we were living in this house because we sold the house and we we're going to buy another house. We're living in my friend's house, which is just across the road from school. It's so convenient. Kids just walk to school. Um, and then there was that this... Uh, Something happened. My wife come to me one day and says, I feel Holy Spirit really speaking to me to just quit my job and, and go and study, study theology. I'm like, what? <laughs> really? I was like, okay, maybe, maybe just see God more on this, please. <laughs> so she did this. She says, I just can't shake it off. This is what I have to do. I was like, okay. So... At that time, my friend sold this house so we had to move. So we bought another house. Now we got a mortgage. And so we moved. We got our caravan. We went for only one trip with it. And then uh, we kind of come to Hope Central. We went to a couple of churches, and then we ended up Hope Central, Salisbury. And then I got really sick. So now we've got a mortgage. My wife's not working. She's studying full-time. And I got sick, and I can't work. So I ended up with a chronic fatigue. So we're like, great, this is different. From all the comfort that we thought that we we're going to experience, living for ourselves, now we're in this predicament. And I'm thinking, how is this going to work now? So I was stressing out, praying to God and seeking God and what's going to happen here, Lord. And, you know, we don't have a great deal of money in reserve, there's some, but... And then I thought, we'll get better. So I didn't, month, year later, two years later, I'm not getting better. This is horrible, I'm not sure if you ever... No, anybody who had a chronic fatigue, but it's, it's debilitating. You have no energy, you're just absolutely wiped. You've got nothing, can't do nothing. So I couldn't do even, even go to the letterbox to get a mail. I'd be completely exhausted from that for three days. So looking at my bank account, I'm thinking, well, how are we going to live now? We've got a mortgage. Wife's not working. I'm not working. There's no income coming. So I'm looking at this caravan. I'm like, mm, maybe you should go. So yeah, we sold the caravan. It's like, okay, well, that's the money now for our, for our mortgage and for next, you know, we've got kids at private school, so for the fees and all that, a lot of bills, you know, I still got, running, got my, all my business expenses and insurances and cars and all that, have to pay. So that kind of lasted for a while. And then I said to God, I said, God, well, you've you got to heal me. I've got to go back to work. In the meantime, God was preparing us for ministry, but 
which I didn't really want to be involved in. So it's kind of, anyway, that's another story for another time. But I, um, like eight months later, was like looking at the bottom of the barrels, like there's no money. How is this going to happen? How are we going to survive God? This doesn't make no sense. Why would you tell my wife to quit a job? <laughs> so I was having my little pity party. And then I went to see my mom. And my mom, by that time, she got diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And she's been on pension for many years. And I went to her house and she says to me, look, I've been saving some money for you and your brother for a while. And now that I'm you know, not well, and I was going to give you later, but I just wanted to give you now while I can. I thought, ah. Oh. You know, maybe she's got 500 bucks each for me and my brother. And she said, I've saved $45,000. I was like, what? I said, how long has it taken you? She said, she's been saving for 25 years. It's just blown away. I was like, what? So anyway, she gives me half of that money. I was like, God, didn't see that one coming. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So... So that kind of gave us money for our bills for next seven to eight months to pay for things and worked out all right. And then that money around and I was like, well, I'm not, still not better. Two years later down the track, I'm still not feeling better. I cannot do any job. And, and one day I, I got home and well, I went to the mailbox to, and then I got the letter from my um, superannuation company like, I've organized this super when I first came to Australia. I couldn't speak English, so other people helped me to organize this old super. So I opened it up and looking at it, I'm thinking, it says income protection insurance. I was like, I don't remember ever organizing that. This is the old super. I said to Karen, is this right? This, she said, oh, we'll give him a call. So I gave him a call. He says, yeah, sure, you've got the income protection insurance. I was like, okay, great. So I said, well, this is what happened to me. He says, well, you need to go see a specialist. So I went to see a specialist. He got all the paperwork. So they backpaid me for like a year and a half of wages, and they were continuously paying me. I'm like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> see, God, God knew everything. Like, he knows what it's going to come from. You know, God's got this. He's got your life. But, you know, we're fretting and worrying about it. We're stressed, you know, and we're not trusting God. So I was just blown away by how we came through that season. We actually, I actually ended up with more money in that season for those four years, almost than I would be working and earning money. That's how amazing God is. It's unbelievable. In Philippians 4.19 it says, And my God will supply every need of yours according uh, to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. It says every need, not some need, but every need. See, God takes us to, through uncomfortable seasons to build our faith. At times it's not pleasant, but it's necessary for us to grow in Him. Sometimes God works, our, so He wrecks our comfort-seeking plans. You know, we just want to be comfortable. We want to have easy life. But God's like, no, I'm not happy with that. You need to be on fire. You need to be, stay hungry. You need to be dependent on me. You need to be alive in me. Otherwise, you will fall asleep in your comfort. So he wrecks it. So it's fine. He's not, he's not frustrated by it. He's like, you might be frustrated, but God's like, yoo-hoo. 
This is awesome. Now I get your attention. Now you're alert. Now you're awake. Now you're seeking me. Now you're on the knees. I love it. It's about relationship. It's about crying to God and being real with Him. We need to live a purpose-driven life, not a comfort-driven life. You know, people say, I just want a good life. What's wrong with that? Just give me a good life. Is that so bad? But question is, it's about selfishness, isn't it? It's about me. You know, good life and the fruitful lives are two different things. Good life is about comfort, you know. People say, oh, he lived a good life. Really? These people in the world live a good life, but did they affect anybody? They might perish at the end. It's the point of that. It's about being fruitful in God, purposeful in God. In heaven, we'll get that. We'll have the comfort. We'll have the peace. There'll be no more tears, no more brokenness. And this life is only a short span of time. But in this life, we have purpose. That's why we pray, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because in heaven, it's perfect now. There's no sin, there is no worry, there's order, there's, there's no chaos. But God brings his kingdom on earth through us, through his servants, through his people, through his church, being salty, being full of light. We receive peace and we take that peace with us. We bring peace, we speak peace, we speak truth where there is chaos and confusion. We bring hope through Jesus' message. In Matthew 16, 25 says, but whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Don't try to preserve your life. Lose it for Jesus. They said, Jesus, my life is yours. It's not when you get stuff, I'll take it back now, thank you. You gave your life, let him have it. <laughs> Don't hold back. Wide open heart. See, the world is selling lies. Telling people, follow your heart. What's wrong with that? But the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. Follow his truth. You know, the world says, live your truth. Really? Jesus says, I am the truth, the way and the life. This says, I'll look out for number one. But Jesus says, deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. It's not, <laughs> if we live selfish lives, it's not gonna benefit anybody. It might benefit us, but at the end, what would a matter when we stand before God? It's like, what? I gave you all of this, the gifts, the talents, my spirit, everything. What? Come on. Accept the fact that this, on this side of eternity, there is no perfection. There is just a messy world. There's no perfection. Don't strive for it. But live life that is full of purpose of God. Walk in that purpose, in that calling. See, worldly people may be satisfied with their pleasure. It seems that they are having a great time. But do you want to forfeit your soul for some short-term pleasures? At the end, not, none of that is going to matter. 
They can have their good times as much as they want. It's not leading to nowhere. We have a purpose though. And that purpose is to serve God and tell others about good news of Jesus. That's the purpose. So stop looking over the fence and going, oh, look what they're doing. It's all cool over there. Oh, I feel sad. I have to do all of these things and sacrifice and give and serve. And oh, it's so hard. Look at them over there. They go fishing every day. They're doing all this stuff. So much fun. I'm stuck in this rut. Really? Let's not have, not have divided hearts. Experiencing God's presence for me. I've done, I've done all of that in the world. I had the pleasures for a short time, but it led me to depression and brokenness and nothing ever satisfies. It's never enough. So people got so much money and they want more. It's like, are you crazy? You've got billions. Why do you want more? But they just don't know any better. They think that will make them happy. That's a thrill. That's a, you know, drive. Oh, I must have some more. Never ends. There's no happiness. Choose. David says, us for me, for my house, we will serve the Lord. Don't have divided hearts. I love this in Acts 13, 36 says, now when David had served God's purposes in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. When he served God's purposes in his own generation. Now was David perfect man? No. He made some blunders. It's terrible to watch at times. But he lived with the purpose. See, God, the sin is terrible, but God is not much put, up, put off by the sin. He sees it all the time. But it's when we receive Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit, and then we just to choose to live lukewarm lives, that's, that's kind of offensive to God. It's like, I'm just about to spit you out of my mouth. He loves you, though. But it's like, let's not be lukewarm. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Submit and yield to the Lord. Big words. Submit and yield. Not my will, Father, but yours be done. Jesus brings everything you need if you abide in him. Everything. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4 says, Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any afflictions with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God knows what we need, what we want. He might not give it to us, but what we need, He gives to us. What we want are two different things. Because we just keep seeking for comfort. We want this. I was like, you don't need that. You don't need that. Just a while ago, I, um, you know, was sharing that about having a cloud over your head, kind of experience God in your life. It happened to me. And then I went, went away to see God. I was like, God, I just don't understand. How come I can't feel your presence? What's happening? I was serving God, I was going to church, I was doing all this right stuff. And I kind of lost my way a bit. And for three days I was just praying and seeking. First day I got nothing, nothing. Just on my knees crying to God, Lord, please speak to me. Show me what has gone wrong. Second day I'm fired up, I'm like trying to break through from this and nothing. Third day, nothing. I'm like, 
I just driven all the way over here for nothing. What's going on? I was packing and to go home and just Holy Spirit said to me three words. Abide in me. I've read that scripture so many times before, but I knew what it meant. It was deep. It was like all this stuff that we do, that we perform, but unless we abide in him and have his life in us flowing through us, the power, the strength, the relationship, we're digging deep, we are in relationship every day. We can do nothing apart from him. It's his life that flows through us. Abide in him. See, Jesus is coming back. I don't know when is he coming back. Could be next week. What if I tell you that he's coming back next week? Will you kind of stir up and start doing everything that you think God wants you to do? <laughs> but why don't we live like that all the time? We don't know when he's coming back. We know he's coming back. Will he find faith on earth as he comes back? Will he find faith in the church? Yes. yes. <laughs> Amen. So you can look at your own life and think, well, what can I do with my little nothing? But when God looks at you, he, doesn't, he sees Jesus in you. There's the Holy Spirit in you. And he can do amazing things through you. Through your life. Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit, you have received. If you're a believer in Jesus, you have received the Spirit of God. And he can do mighty things. And he wants to see mighty things that God's going to do. Everybody? Would you let him? Would you let him through your life? Would you be uncomfortable and open yourself to that possibility? That God will do mighty things through you because he wants to. He wants to speak through you. He wants to, you to put your hands on people and he pray for them to be healed from sickness. He wants you to prophesy through you. Proclaim things. See, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to manifest the active presence of God in the world. And especially in the church. It's what he wants to do. He wants to manifest his presence. So people come in as like, whew. What is this about place? When I went first time at church ever, I was just hit by the presence of God. I'm thinking, what is this place? There's something here. There's something is affecting my life. I like it, but I'm a bit scared. What's happening here? And then as the worship started singing and praising God, more of that feeling started coming over me. Just realized there is God is present here. His presence. It changes people. It means that God gives us the Holy Spirit so others could see Jesus in us. His power in our weaknesses, His grace that covers our sin, His joy, His peace, this gives glory to God. The Holy Spirit enables us to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. You can't do it, but He can. He came through you. <laughs> you know, we can look at the world that says, oh, it's getting so darker. You know, there's thick people doing wicked things and it's just so much wickedness out there and lies and deception and schemes. And, and we think, oh, you know, it can be daunting, but as it gets darker, the light shines brighter. 
there's more opportunities. People in darkness need the truth. They need light. Don't be put off by what's happening out there, what devil is doing in the world. Just know that you have Holy Spirit in you. Whatever you go, He's with you. He can impact lives. Just pray and ask God for opportunities. Rise up, Christian. Rise up. Don't live in defeat. Get fired up. Did you lose that tiger look in your, on your eyes? Once you had prowling around, not in your own pride, but in just the power of God, looking for opportunities. Not just being subdued and like, eh, it's hard, the world is so hard. Nothing is impossible with God. He can do all things. Just believe, trust, and He's in you. He wants to do it. Look for opportunity. As a church, we try to create opportunities for people to, to be involved. Like Friday night outreach, we've got Tamara here and Ziggy. They come. And we have an amazing time of praise and worship. We're praying for people. All sorts of walks of people come in. Drunk, druggies, all sorts. Different religions. Amazing opportunity just to uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit, but be bold and courageous and just share the good news. So if you think, well, how can I? Well, come, come there. Come there. Come and you can serve. You don't have to, if you don't feel as bold to share the gospel, you can come and serve and watch what we do and, and learn. We, we bought a Gola Cinema, so we've got op shop there now. We've got a cafe. And there's every day people coming in, every day. You can just sit and chat with them and ask them about their lives. They'll love to tell you, even if you don't ask them. Build connections and then just plant seeds. Might not see straight away salvation, but it's all part of the process. Just be available. Make yourself available. Make time because this is really going to count. It's about people's lives. It's about souls that God wants to reach. Other, you know, we've got Cafe of Friday at Salisbury. We've got craft group and majority of people come there are non-believers from the community. People building connections. They're going to the houses for coffees. I've got this prayer group on Friday morning. There's four of us go every Friday morning. We pray for the houses and we just go to different streets and we just pray blessing over each house. And we're looking for opportunities. Lord, what do you want us to do? We're here. We're your servants. We're asking God, please lead us, guide us. And then somebody comes out of the house, we have a conversation. You know, man was walking the dog and he started telling us about his life or how he used to go to church ages ago. Now we're organizing a barbecue in the park. We started the blues. He says, would you like to come have a barbecue? He says, yeah, we'd love to. We're having a barbecue in the park. We got, we're going to have a halal barbecue because we've got Muslims coming and some other neighbors. Just like that. Just make yourself available. Say, Lord, here I am. It's not like, oh, what do I do? He says, Lord, here I am. I'm my work. You know, I might not be able to share boldly right there, but invite them to your house or make connection. People are desperate for genuine relationships and encouragement in the world. They might have a tough exterior and masks on and all of that, but scratch that out, move that out of the way. There's just brokenness inside. They're longing. They're lost. Oppressed. See, following Jesus, it's not a just spectator sport where you watch from afar. It's playing on a team and being a disciple. Be part of the team. 
Martin Luther says, I have tried to keep things in my hands and lost them all. But what I have given into God's hands, I still possess. It's amazing. In Luke 9, 23, 26 says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang, hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, you, for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourselves lost and destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory, and in, sorry, and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I don't want Jesus to be ashamed of me. Come on. <laughs> Difference between the early church disciples and today's disciples. Big difference, you noticed. Early church disciples preached the gospel no matter the cost. Today, people seeking good life and good times. Early disciples seek to save the lost. You know, now maybe we don't see God's power because it's not for comfort and convenience. You know, God wants to fill us with His power to flow through us. So God will either go through you or go around you. I want God to go through my life. His rivers to flow through me to affect other lives. Do you want God to work through you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tamara says, yes, yes. Yes, please. Partner with Holy Spirit. Don't just bring him your list of quest, uh, requests. I mean, God listens to our prayers. But sometimes we just bring a list of requests. This is where I want, Lord. What does he want? What does God want? What does Holy Spirit want? What does he want with us? <laughs> One of the things. He wants to reach the lost people. He wants us to make disciples through us. See, my passion is to reach the lost. That's, that's burning desire in my heart. That's always the forefront of my thinking. In my prayers and everything that I do, God, make a way. I pray for opportunities. But it's also to activate believers in the church. Mediocre Christianity bothers me. I don't know why. <laughs> don't know, it bothers me. Just can't stand it. I'm not here to judge. I mean, God loves everybody. It, you know, He's bought every one of us with His precious blood. And He loves us. But He wants us to be in fire. He wants us to fan us to flame. He wants us to be full of life. He wants His Holy Spirit to move through us. Catch the fire. Woo! Come on, catch it! <laughs> Come on. There's this lady, a Friday night outreach, Mari. Tamara knows and she's amazing. You know, she's, her vision is not great. She's got really thick glasses and, you know, she's missing some teeth and she's on the spectrum, but she's got an amazing heart. She caught a heart of Jesus and she's there. She's inviting people, people coming. She just goes out there and just invites people and they just rock up. She's praising God. She's worshiping. She just got baptized recently. And she, she came the other day. And just this really impacted my heart so much. She came and says, look, you know, um, I know we need to give towards this ministry and we need to put in. So I'll just, 
brought some money to put in towards it. I said, Maria, I know you don't have much money. It's fine. You know, it's okay. And she says, no, 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 no. I want to I wanna contribute. So she, she gave me these silver coins. And I was just like, oh, Jesus. Just really broke me. That kind of heart and, and love and, and enthusiasm and passion for God and love being part of our team. And she's just there. We, we're supposed to start at 5.30. She's there like just after 5, just walking up and down. She's like ready to go. Where are the people? And then she's like, I brought this person. <laughs> she brought this person once and she's like, oh, she wants a prayer. She needs a prayer. We need to pray for her now. <laughs> so we asked the Anglican minister to pray for her. He was way out of his comfort zone. <laughs> it was so funny to watch. This, this Anglican minister with his collar, <laughs> with this disabled person and Mari praying for her. <laughs> I says, oh, Jesus, thank you. This is amazing. That's how Jesus works. He doesn't need experts. He just needs the hearts that are hungry for him. And he does amazing. You know, maybe you feel like a failure. You're like, oh, I've done this before and didn't succeed. And, you know. But failure does not make you a failure. Quitting does. Get up and try again. <laughs> you're faithful, you're faithful, you're faithful, and then you become fruitful. Breakthrough comes. If you don't give up, you will reap. That's what the Bible says. You will reap if you don't give up. <clears throat> so give yourself to the purposes of God. Commit. Your time, your resources, your God-given gifts. See, Mother Teresa says, if you give what you don't need, it's not giving. It's a cost. It's cost involved. Jesus paid the cost, the highest cost, highest price for us. You know, we can't do it, but God can do it through us. But it's, there is a cost, giving up our own selfish lives and embracing God's. And it's uncomfortable. It's not easy, but it's not impossible with God. It's amazing. C.S. Lewis says, I do not believe one can settle how much we are to give. I am afraid the only safe rule is to give more than one can spare. The measure of life, after all, it's not its duration, but it's donation. We are blessed to be a blessing. See, Jesus is a God in revelation, and we praise Him and worship Him. The Holy Spirit is a God in operation. He's the one, that's the power that we receive from on high. All the works on earth are done through the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to list your whole list. A virgin woman was empowered to give birth to Jesus, the Savior, through the Spirit. We are born again by the Spirit. As Jesus did also, we cast out demons by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit causes believers to be used in spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit gives revelation. The Holy Spirit anoints us for ministry. The Holy Spirit is like a rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to you. The Holy Spirit will guide you, teach you, and give you good recall. The baptism with the Holy Spirit equips us to be Christ's witnesses. The Holy Spirit gives the disciples great boldness to speak God's word. The Holy Spirit will lead us 
to a hungry souls, and the list goes on and on. Maybe you guys can put on the, on the screens there. The Holy Spirit, God's presence on earth through Holy Spirit in us, in His church. And He wants to do mighty things. I just really want us to, maybe we can have a soon worship team prepare ourselves to come. I want to pray, I want to pray today that we will just kind of shake off whatever it's settled on us to just kind of get rid of them, blow some cobwebs out and just ask the Holy Spirit to come and refire us, reignite the passion, the hunger, the thirst, a desire to see His work be done. We can look at ourselves and think, well, this is just heavy, this is hard. But I know when I'm in God's presence, I come out changed. I might, I might go in in my room and think this is so hard and heavy, but then I come out when I'm in God's presence and I come out bold. I come out envisioned and empowered. I come out with hope. I come out with revelation. And then I'm coming out looking for opportunities. Now, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do, Lord? Do you want to ask that this question this morning? What do you want to do, God, in my life? What do you want to do through my life? What is Holy Spirit stirring in you? Maybe you just laid down some of the dreams that He put in your heart. Maybe you kind of postponed it and put on pause, or maybe you got distracted, maybe things happened. But He wants to raise you up. Rise up, Christian. Rise up. It's time to rise up. It's time to stand up. 